You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 138. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. And today I want to talk to you about the resource utilization myth. Have you been asked to maximize resource utilization in your organization? Your numbers are about 70% or maybe even less, and your business leaders insist that you could be getting more projects done if you maximize that resource utilization and got it closer to 90 or even 100%. In this episode, I'm going to explain to you why this approach can be dangerous and what you might want to do instead if the goal is to create a greater impact. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by my free masterclass on defining, measuring, and communicating PMO value. You're going to learn the best techniques for showing your PMO impact. So if you're wondering how to show the value of your PMO, how to up-level your PMO to deliver value more quickly, what metrics will impress your business leaders most, why fixing project management doesn't seem to get the expected results, and if there really is a way to get it all done without losing your sanity in the process. Because here's the deal. You're busy and you don't have time to waste reading 10 different books with conflicting guidance and scour the internet for a ton of pieced-together articles that seem to only get average results. By the way, the average PMO success rate is still sadly around 50%. So you don't want to follow the average guidance. Average guidance, average results means you're probably looking for a new job in two years. So by saving your spot in this training that is free, you're going to put yourself first in line to learn the high impact measurement techniques that until now have been exclusively reserved for my private clients and Impact Engine PMO students. That's right, I'm sharing some of the hundreds of secrets I've teached my IEPMO students so that you can uncover what my students have by putting into practice these very techniques. So just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash value. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash value and join us for one of our upcoming free training classes. Okay, let's do this. If you're doing it right, you're asking your business leaders what pain points they need solved when considering the services and the capabilities you build for the PMO. Note, I said you ask them what pain points they need solved, not what the PMO should do. The truth is they don't actually know what they need. They do, however, know what they want, and that is the outcomes that they are trying to achieve. However, many times when we ask our business leaders how the PMO can be of service, we're asking the wrong questions, and that leads them to give us the wrong answers. For example, you might hear them say, projects are taking too long, projects are costing too much, we don't know what everyone's doing, we should be able to get more done. How do we get our resources doing more projects? How do we get more work happening? And if you are tracking things like resource utilization and the overall performance of your portfolio of projects, you might also be asked how to get that resource utilization number up. Because, by the way, you've been reporting to them what that resource utilization number is, 
And so they believe, because we've told them so, higher utilization means greater throughput. They believe that if the number were higher, that means that our people are busy and more work is getting done, therefore leading to more project throughput. It seems like greater resource utilization equals greater impact, but that's not exactly the case. Now on the surface, this seems like a really good problem for the PMO to solve. And so you dutifully start looking for solutions to get that number up. Remember, it's us that reported the resource utilization number, and it's us that told them that if that number was higher, more good stuff's gonna happen. Their projects are gonna get done faster. So what's happening here is that we are setting the stage to go down a rabbit hole that isn't going to give you the results you expect. When you start looking for ways to bring that number up, what are the types of things that you see? What are the types of things you ask? Can we squeeze in more projects? Can we move resources around to add them here or there or get that utilization number up? What else can we do to get that number up? But here's the problem. The whole thinking that higher resource utilization equals greater impact and greater project throughput is a false one. Busy does not equal productive. This also means we're looking at how many more projects we can add to the portfolio. How many more things can we do at once? Now, I know it's a whole organization and you have a lot of people, but there's only so many PMO leaders and staff, project managers and executives to make the decisions. So by adding more projects to the plate, as opposed to reorganizing how the work gets done, means that you're creating more distractions. Oftentimes we'll see business leaders asking to add more and more projects and make sure that everyone's at 100% utilization. And what that does is actually slow us down, not speed us up. And here's why. First, business leaders now have to be making more decisions faster and they may not have the capacity. And if they don't have the capacity to make those decisions, they're going to be the ones slowing the projects down because we need their decision-making in order to keep certain components of these projects moving forward. So now you'll have more projects waiting for decisions and that compound effect will negatively impact your ability to get any of those projects done. Secondly, there's only so much change an organization can digest at one point in time. So the more projects you're implementing, the more change people are having to experience when those projects are done. So if you have 16 projects that are all impacting internal parts of the organization, and now you need to start rolling out all of those changes all at once, people are going to have change fatigue. You're going to hit a lot of resistance, a lot more than if you had staggered those projects to happen throughout the year or throughout two years or whatever it takes. There's only so much change people can take at one time because it's not just putting in a new tool or putting in a new system or changing how they conduct a part of their business. It's all of those things all together. And you're not just adding a tool, you're changing the way someone thinks about the work they do and incorporates those new processes, new thinking, new ideas into their flow. That requires a lot of change. And even if you are really great at bringing people with you through the change process, 
there's still only so much that you can digest and effectively implement at one point of time. Now, this may not apply if you're talking about external projects or customer initiatives. Got it. But even still, don't forget about the first point, which is you still need internal management for decision making and moving things forward. And at some point, you're going to hit a roadblock in one department or another that needs to be a part of the process that can't handle that funnel being opened up the way you just have. Make sure that it's not just the project teams or the teams doing the work that can effectively handle the workload. It's also all of the secondary systems and processes and people that need to review things and approve things and that have a piece of the whole process to achieve those projects, not just getting done, but being effectively implemented or rolled out to customers, etc. And now let's look at the biggest problem of all of this. All of the people whose utilization you were trying to maximize. Simply put, the more they have to task switch, the more their productivity decreases, not increases. In today's world of multiple meetings, back-to-back, sometimes you're supposed to be in multiple places at once, Zoom calls that you're half participating in while you're also trying to effectively read, edit, or update a document. By the way, I hope you know by now that that is not an effective use of your time. Your brain is already exhausted from what has been an exhausting few years. New ways of people needing to operate, work together, and be productive and We've just put more tools in place and mechanisms for making busy the normal mode of operating. So our brains are already exhausted. They're incredibly overtaxed already. And while in the day-to-day it may not feel like that's such a big deal, there is a compound effect on your focus. According to psychologist Gerald Weinberg, each extra task or as he calls it, context, you switch between eats up 20 to 80% of your overall productivity. Focusing on one task at a time, you get 100% of your productive time available. Tasks switch between two tasks at a time, 40% of your productive time for each task, and 20% lost in switching from one context to another from one task to another. So let's say you are on that Zoom meeting, half listening and also working on another document. Both are gonna be done poorly because every time you have to switch to somebody asking a question or you have to pick up where you left off on the document because you had to go listen to something that they were saying on that Zoom call, it takes you 20% expense to do that. I would argue it gets even worse if you're doing things like checking emails and responding to emails while also working on a document, for example, because each new email becomes a context switch, a switch between one line of thinking and another. Now let's say you're working on a document, also checking emails every time they pop up, and then your boss comes in with a chat message on a third thread. So now you are task switching between three tasks, carrying on a conversation with your boss over chat, also working on that document that has a hard deadline you have to get done, and also checking emails and responding because there's just so many crises going on right now, I couldn't possibly turn my email off for an hour. Now, 
you have 20% of your productive time for each of those tasks, and you're losing 40% on context switching. So you've now lost 40% of your productivity because you're trying to do three things at once. And again, I would argue that each one of those emails is a separate context thread running. So now, instead of getting that document done or those emails read and responded to, or a quick conversation with your boss, you're now taking your entire afternoon just to get that document done. And you're saying, but I was really busy working on all these other things at once. Yeah, but that document probably shouldn't have taken you more than an hour. And if you had turned off your email and not opened your chat and just focused on that document for an hour, you would have a beautiful work of art and it would be off to the next person that needed to do their step. And then if you then focused on a quick 10 minute conversation with your boss, you would knock that out and be done. And then another 30 minutes on those emails. Also not getting yourself distracted with anything else. Do you see how much more your own day could be productive if you were allowed to just focus on one thing at a time? And there's another level of this that keeps creeping up, especially for project managers. And that is project managers being assigned to 10 or 20 projects at one time. We can only keep so much going on in our brains at once. So the more projects we have going on and the more detail we have to remember about them, the faster we're going to burn out. I am betting you might feel some of that burnout right now. The answer isn't higher resource utilization. It's more effective resource utilization. You need better numbers because making business decisions about delivering on your strategy based on how much we pedal to the metal, max out our resources is only going to accelerate getting to burnout and decrease productivity and throughput, not increase it. So instead, we need to look for opportunities to create more focus, create an environment and working culture on your projects that allow people to work on one project at a time until they've completed the part they need to complete. And then they move that project to the next person waiting in the line. And you might be saying, oh my gosh, there's no way we could do that. Of course you can. Of course you can. And those people around you that are super productive are doing it. And it's actually pretty practical. Not only do I do this now, but I was doing this when I was inside organizations working as a PMO leader. So if you're a PMO leader listening to this, you can do this too. And it's not as dramatic as it sounds. You still have the same things on your to-do list on a day. You're just actually going to be able to accomplish more of them simply by staying focused on that one task at a time. Now, this might be an adjustment for many of you because we've trained our brains to look for that fix and that high and that urgency, and we create it for ourselves. But it's also why so many of us are burned out. So burned out that we can't hold our attention for longer than a few minutes without feeling bored or like we need a change. These are the bad habits we've built with our own brains, but it is fixable. And you can do it in small chunks of time. Now you can research online tons of different ways to do this and to create more focus, but just avoid any of the guidance that tells you to maximize your busy time as opposed to 
creating more focus time because that's really what you're trying to do. And we're planners after all, so this isn't such a stretch. Just look at how you can remove distractions and create focus and start with 15 minutes at a time. You might be really surprised at how much you can get done in 15 minutes if you turn off your email, your phone, and all other distractions. And this has worked well for me, and I'm not perfect with it. Sometimes I fall into the trap of the email ding. But because I have created this environment of greater focus, I have been able to accomplish so much in really a pretty short period of time by creating these single project, single task focus opportunities. How else could I run the longest running and largest virtual PMO conference, the PMO Impact Summit? Do this PMO Strategies podcast every week. Create new content and training programs regularly. Run multiple monthly webinars and speaker panels. Keynote at other conferences for other organizations and regularly join in their panel discussions. Take care of my awesome consulting clients. Run my Impact Engine PMO training and implementation program that I'm always updating. Plus, connect with and coach my Impact Engine PMO coaching and mastermind students on a regular basis run multiple live workshops every year, support the PMO community through our mobile app, and still have time for so many other things. And that's just my PMO strategies business. I also sit on the board of the nonprofit I started with some dear friends several years ago called Project Management for Change. And I have two other active businesses that I run with my husband outside of PMO strategies and the nonprofit. All of that and I take off at least eight weeks a year. So I hope that helps you believe me when I say, busy is not productive. Only maximizing your productivity, not your utilization, can help you achieve the outcomes you are looking for for yourself and for your business leaders. What they are really asking you is to maximize the impact, create a greater return on investment for the organization's strategy. But when we ask the wrong questions or provide metrics that distract them from the goal, we are setting the whole process up for failure. Now, if the yeah, but monster has crawled up onto your shoulder and said, I don't have the luxury of focusing on one project at a time. We can't have one project running at a time in our portfolio. That's not what I'm saying here. I'm not saying you finish a whole project from start to finish because you do need breaks. I'm simply talking about one task at a time. Just get the thing done, start to finish, then go on to your next thing. Create blocks of time on your calendar to do that. Teach your teams how to do this. Support that process. Just get it to a place that the next person can do their part and then you move on to the next task. Instead of it taking your project team members a week to nug away at a single task for 10 minutes here and there, How about they get one hour of time to focus on the whole task, or maybe it's two or three. And if you do that, that person just did something on Monday for two hours instead of taking a week to do something a little at a time, which just shortened your whole project timeline by several days if that was on the critical path. Simply by finishing the task start to finish in one day, you have shortened your entire project timeline. Now imagine if everyone did that. Can you see the compound effect of this approach? You even have time to give people a mental break 
and still increase productivity and project throughput without focusing on making them busy every minute of the day. They need those mental breaks. They don't need to be at 100% resource utilization on projects because you do have other activities, meetings, or things that need to be done in a day, just the administrivia of being a part of an organization. There's other stuff they need to do. And some of that is to create space for breathing, thinking, processing, and figuring out what's next. Connecting with you to discuss priorities or simply have a conversation with someone to build a relationship that isn't necessarily billable to a specific project. All of these are things that will help that individual become more productive, more reliable, more consistent, and getting bigger results than if you shove another project on their already full plate. To be clear, I'm not saying you don't need to worry about resource utilization, and the metric can be useful. However, make sure that you're using that metric for good instead of evil. You're using that metric to help you unlock the places where you can rearrange so people can do work more productively and make sure that you don't allow that number to get artificially pumped up by shoving in extra projects. The organization can't support from the external processes that need to happen outside of that project for reviews or decisions or approvals. The organization can't digest from a change perspective, and the people on the project can't effectively move through their own task management process. We don't want to create busy, we want to create productive. That's it for this episode today. Thank you so much for being here. And don't forget, this episode is sponsored by my free masterclass on defining, measuring, and communicating PMO value. You're going to learn the best techniques for showing your PMO impact. So if you're wondering how to show the value of your PMO, how to up-level your PMO to deliver value more quickly, what metrics will impress your business leaders most, why fixing project management doesn't seem to get the expected results, and if there really is a way to get it all done without losing your sanity in the process. Because here's the deal. You're busy And you don't have time to waste reading 10 different books with conflicting guidance and scour the internet for a ton of pieced together articles that seem to only get average results. By the way, the average PMO success rate is still sadly around 50%. So you don't want to follow the average guidance. Average guidance, average results means you're probably looking for a new job in two years. So by saving your spot in this training, that is free, You're going to put yourself first in line to learn the high-impact measurement techniques that until now have been exclusively reserved for my private clients and Impact Engine PMO students. That's right, I'm sharing some of the hundreds of secrets I've teached my IEPMO students so that you can uncover what my students have by putting into practice these very techniques. So just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash value. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash value and join us for one of our upcoming free training classes. Thank you so much for spending time with me. If you love what you are listening to, 
Make sure that you hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast player, download these episodes so they go with you on the go automatically, and please leave a rating and review to let others know that this is the go-to resource for all things and helping you deliver on your PMO strategy. Thank you so much for being here. I cannot wait to share more high-impact strategies with you next week. Bye-bye for now.